0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be doing our weekly NFL buy or sell show. Heading into week seven, whether you're playing daily fantasy or season-long fantasy, these are the guys that I like and don't like for each position for this week. I know this episode is coming a day late than our normal schedule. Uh, You know, Wednesday night, I had to take my wife to the urgent care. She's absolutely fine now, but uh, it was a little bit of a late night. So I decided that I was going to sleep in a little bit Thursday and not wake up too early to record this podcast and it's just coming a day late on friday so uh, if you're waiting for it on thursday i do apologize but we're back today we are doing our weekly buy or sell show now if you are interested in all of my daily fantasy lineups talking about college football nfl golf nba now that it's started head on over to patreon patreon.com slash mike's money picks um And if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please rate and subscribe. Really helps me out a lot. Really trying to um, raise this listener base. So go follow me on Twitter, at Mike's Money Picks. Got some good nuggets going on there as well. Really trying to keep spreading and getting the word out and getting this podcast bigger and bigger. And you guys are amazing. All right, so before we get into the picks, let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor. (music) Anchor. Before we get into the buy or sell picks, news broke late Thursday night of Christian McCaffrey being traded to the San Francisco 49ers. So I want to give a quick breakdown of that trade before we get into the picks because there are some serious fantasy implications. Now, in terms of real implications, like, um, you know, I mentioned on this podcast before I am from North Carolina. I am a big Carolina Panthers fan, and I got to say that this kind of sucks, like, um, you know, the Panthers have been blessed for over a decade to have stars on both sides of the ball. You know, for years we had Cam Newton and Luke Kuechly. And really just going into every game feeling like we had a chance because we had one under center and we had 59 leading the defense. And, you know, both of those kind of uh, Luke's career cut, cut short. You know, Cam's career kind of ended with all those injuries. And, you know, the last Carolina Panthers game I went to, you know all the jerseys all all the fans you know all the cheering it was all for 22 like Christian McCaffrey made that team marketable and made that team watchable the last 3 seasons when he's been healthy so um you know it really stinks as a fan to see that guy your team's guy get traded somewhere else and all you're getting back is picks so um you know obviously not not a great day to be a Carolina Panther fan. I wish Christian McCaffrey all the best of luck. You know he he's an absolute professional. Um, seems like a stand up guy. Um, wish him the best of luck in San Fran. Now fantasy implications. There is going to be a huge void in the Carolina Panthers offense. All of those carries, all of those targets, all those receptions that Christian McCaffrey got are now heading to somebody else. We don't know what the breakdown of that will be. So what we do know is that in the first six games of the season, Deontay Foreman played more in the role of relieving Christian McCaffrey for fatigue. Like when McCaffrey was tired, they'd give Foreman snaps, and he seemed to get you know carries. Deontay Foreman was a very good player in Tennessee last season, or at least I thought so. There's some people that will tell you differently, but I thought he looked good in Tennessee filling in for Derrick Henry. So, if you're looking for, you know, the between the tackles thumper, it's going to be Deontay Foreman. Um, Chuba Hubbard last season was Christian McCaffrey's true handcuff. Um, So, if you had Chuba Hubbard last season and you started him a lot of weeks, you know, he didn't kill you. Like, he didn't have a huge, like, breakout game per se, but he just had a steady game log of giving you, you know, consistent starter caliber numbers in the role of Christian McCaffrey. Now, obviously, this going to be a little bit different now that Deontay Foreman's there. So in my opinion, both of these guys should be added in all leagues. Like whatever guy you're holding onto at the end of your bench, drop them and get Foreman or Hubbard because there is potential. There's more potential in Foreman or Hubbard than whatever guy's sitting on your bench that you're never going to play. Like in one league, I dropped Mike Boone for... Uh, Chuba Hubbard in another league, I dropped Jalen Warren for Deontay Foreman. Like whatever guy is sitting there that you're waiting on, or, you know, maybe he's injured, you know, the potential of one of those two guys breaking out is worth more than whatever asset is at the back end of your bench. Uh, I dropped Chase Edmonds in one league for Chuba Hubbard, like, um, I believe that the potential of these two, until we see it on the field and know what the breakdown is, I want the potential of a breakout as opposed to some random guy at the end of my bench. So add those guys in all leagues. The other guy I think this plays well into the favor of is DJ Moore. So, you know, a lot of short intermediate targets went to Christian McCaffrey this season. And, you know, I think we're going to see more go, by the way, of DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson has been traded. Christian McCaffrey has been traded. So I think DJ Moore is the most viable receiving option by a long shot um, in that offense right now. Another guy to look out for long-term. I don't think this week is a good spot for him, but I think LaVisca Chenault is a guy to look out for. You know, they can kind of play him in a little bit of that Debo Samuel type role where he's going to get carries, where he's going to get screens, you know, get these short targets um so he's got to look out for now i know there's probably people listening to sitting there thinking why am i spending this much time talking about a bad offense cuz the panthers offense is bad but when it comes to running backs in fantasy football right now if i were to tell you that chuba hubbard were to get 40 yards rushing and then six carries for an additional 40 yards and he got 14 points without scoring a touchdown i mean i'd take that out of a starting running back especially with a lot of bye weeks coming up so Add these guys in all leagues, they're, they're worth a shot, they're worth trying until we see how it breaks down this week. And then also Christian McCaffrey in San Fran. Uh, I don't know about how, what he's going to do this week, but he has the potential to be RB1 on the season going forward. Um, and the creativity with Kyle Shanahan's offense with the 49ers O-line, he has the potential to be RB1 the rest of the season. Uh, if you're holding on to Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson Jr., um, sorry, you kind of you know got unlucky there. Um, I think those two guys' value dropped way down overnight. Um, now the real winners as fantasy owners are, if you happen to have McCaffrey and Deontay Foreman or Chuba Hubbard as a handcuff, you're the real winner here because now you're getting McCaffrey on the 49ers and you got one of those Panthers running backs to see if they can break out. So definitely a situation to monitor this weekend. Let's see how it goes. But that is one of the biggest fantasy football trades I've seen in a long time. So I figured it was worth hopping on the podcast and talking about it. So let's go ahead and switch gears now let's go ahead and get into the official buy sell report and let's talk about quarterbacks for week seven at quarterback this week the first quarterback on my buy list is justin herbert of the los angeles chargers i almost called them san diego there for a second um but justin herbert guys i am playing the regression to the mean game here on justin herbert his monday night performance was very disappointing He threw the ball 57 times and did not have a touchdown. It's only the second game that he has started in his career with zero touchdowns. So I am playing the regression game. I think he's going to be back to being normal Justin Herbert. I think it was kind of unlucky that he went 57 attempts without throwing a touchdown. I don't know if we can look at his game logs, if we could find a way to piece it together. I don't know if he had ever gone 57 pass attempts without a touchdown. You know, either passing or rushing for that matter. So... He's a guy that I'm going back to. I love the matchup with Seattle. Um, I've mentioned targeting Seattle's defense here on the pod in the past. Um, You know, Arizona struggled against them last week, but Seattle's defense has still given up 27 points in four of six games. The only two they haven't, Denver and Arizona. And those are two, you know, very ugly situations offensively. So I think that the Chargers are going to be able to score points, um, especially if they get Keenan Allen back. Like, if Keenan Allen is active, like, it's really go time on Herbert. I think they're going to be able to torch Seattle if Keenan Allen is playing this week. Second guy on the bye list is Dak Prescott. So, remember two weeks ago, before the Lions' bye, when they were getting carved up by anybody and everybody, and they were the worst scoring defense in the league? Yeah, well, guess what? They still are that. They didn't magically sign five players over the bye week. So, the Lions' defense is still going to struggle. Uh, You know, I know Dak is coming off of the injury. But I like the chances of this game turning into a shootout. And I really think that this is an opportunity in daily fantasy and season-long fantasy to play Dak while his value is at his lowest. um, Because right now, you know, if he puts up good numbers against the Lions, he's going to go back to being valued as Dak Prescott has always been valued. The sell list for quarterbacks is really, really tough this week. Pretty much every quarterback that you're starting in season-long leagues has either a plus or a neutral matchup. Um, So it's very hard to find quarterbacks to sell. Like pretty much in a season-long league, your guy is your guy this week. Like all the top 10 quarterbacks have decent matchups. Now, the one guy I would guess that I would sell is I'm going to go ahead and sell Aaron Rodgers. Like uh, just not really a fan of how this Packers offense is looking. They're they're kind of anemic offensively. They don't have any downfield threats. Um, And he hasn't topped 17 fantasy points all season. That's not good. He also has not thrown over 255 yards all season. Again, that is not good. So, you know, if you're waiting on Aaron Rodgers, this week is not the week to to go to him. Um, I would put it this way. I've got to see better performances out of Aaron Rodgers before I'm playing him in daily and before I'm playing him in season long. All right, so that covers it for the quarterbacks this week. We're going to switch on over to the ground game and talk about running backs. So when we first talk about running backs, I try to avoid like the super obvious names on here because you can get that from pretty much anybody, but I wanted to go out of my way to highlight this one. Austin Eckler is on my buy list. He is my RB1 for this week. Uh, on Monday night, he got 16 targets, which is a season high for a running back in targets this season. Um, so if you think those targets are going to continue, which I do, I think that Eckler is an easy, easy play. Um I also like the matchup against the Seattle defense. Uh, You know, we saw Eno Benjamin last week kind of have a decent game rushing and receiving against uh, Seattle. You know, it wasn't anything, you know, overpowering. I don't think he found the end zone. But I think that Austin Eckler in this matchup, rushing and receiving is going to be able to easily output 100 yards, is going to find the end zone at least once. I think that this is the week where he is my number one running back on the week. In Daily Fantasy, I'm paying for him as opposed to paying for any of the other top running back options. Another guy that I'm going to buy this week is Kenneth Walker III. Yes, he's on the other side of Austin Eckler in this game. Playing the running back going against the Chargers has been a profitable venture for us every week except for this past Monday night against Denver. Uh, You remember the Nick Chubb game where he went off against Los Angeles? Uh, You remember the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire game on Thursday night that he had that was really good? Like, the Chargers defense is really bad against the run. And with Kenneth Walker, with Rashad Penny out, he's got a guaranteed workload. He's got a lot of talent. We've all seen the talent at Michigan State and in his first start last week. And he's got a great matchup, just all in on Kenneth Walker this week, playing him in season long, playing him in daily, all in on Kenneth Walker. The last guy on the buy list is going to be Brees Hall of the New York Jets. Brees Hall has not scored single-digit fantasy points all season. And what's even more impressive to that is the first three weeks of the season, he had single-digit carries. So he was getting single-digit carries and scoring double-digit fantasy points those three weeks. In fact, he has outscored his number of carries in five of six weeks. He's getting over a point per carry. Like, that's crazy. Now, the matchup against Denver is kind of a neutral one. But like, I just love where Brees Hall's usage is going and how effective he looks as a player. So, you know, I was not on Brees Hall in the preseason. I'll admit I was wrong about this one. The reason that I was wrong about him I never doubted the man's talent. He was great at Iowa State. I doubted the fact that they had just drafted Michael Carter last year. Michael Carter was a solid NFL player. I thought that Michael Carter and Brees Hall were going to be stuck in a committee. But the talent of Brees Hall has won out. This is no longer a committee. This is a one-man backfield with Brees Hall. I love where that usage is going. If you have Brees Hall, you're starting him. If you're playing Daily Fantasy, I think he's a great option to go back to again and again. The first running back on the sell list is DeAndre Swift. So, I love Swift for the rest of the season, but I don't like him this week at all. So, you know, he's coming off of that injury, and I don't think this is a good matchup to come off of injury against. So, Dallas is already sixth in the league against running backs, and, you know, if there were a chance that Swift doesn't get his normal workload, and it's already a bad matchup, just I'm not in on that situation. You know, Jamal Williams was great filling in for Swift when he was injured, so if Williams kind of carves out his own little role, which it seems that he already had one, it was the goal line back. then I just don't see a lot of upside in Swift this week. Like you'd be counting on him breaking a long run for a touchdown or breaking a short dump-off pass for a touchdown. And I just, I don't like it. He's not going to get 100% of his normal workload. He's not got a good matchup. If you can find somebody else to play for him this week in season long, do it. And I'm not in on him at all in daily this week. Last running back on the sell list is James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So James Robinson had an early you know, resurrection this season where he was coming off of that Achilles. Everybody was doubting him. Nobody picked him high in drafts, and he was great at the start of the season. But it appears that that's starting to be a flash in the pan. Travis Etienne is now out snapping James Robinson. He is now out producing James Robinson. And I think Etienne is the guy in this backfield that I would rather have on my roster going forward. Also... Stat here to back this up, James Robinson ranks last in the league among running backs with a big enough sample size in yards after contact. That means James Robinson is not breaking tackles. He's not pushing the pile. He's not adding anything to this offense. And so Travis Etienne is the guy moving forward that I think is going to continue to out-snap and out-produce him, and I want to avoid playing James Robinson if I can. I also think that the Giants' defense is not a great matchup. You know, Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, he is one of these like crazy psycho blitz defensive coordinators. And with the Giants, it's been run blitzing and pass blitzing. So if you got James Robinson and he's a between the tackles guy and they're blitzing and he's last in the league in yards after contact, I just don't like the chances of him having a good week this week against the Giants. And so that is why he finds himself on the sell list. All right. So that does it for running backs. We're going to switch on over now and talk about wide receivers and tight ends, and then we're going to call it a week. For wide receivers this week, I think we do have a lot of options in terms of the buy list, but the first guy that I'm going to put on is C.D. Lamb. I think that this is the week to buy low on C.D. Lamb and maybe trade for him in a season-long league. I think it's also the week to play him in daily while his price is down because the target share of what we were expecting for C.D. in the preseason. We talked about how Amari Cooper's gone and um, Cedric Wilson was gone. So C.D. Lamb's target share has been about what we were expecting it to be all along, but the quality of the targets has not been because they've been coming from Cooper Rush and not Dak Prescott. Well, guess what? Now we got Dak Prescott back. We got a great matchup against the Lions defense. I think this is a great spot to play C.D. Lamb in in season long. I think it's a great spot to play him in daily before his salary goes up, before his value in season long goes up. I think this is the breakout week for C.D. Lamb. Next guy on the buy list is Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper has kind of had a really, really solid season uh, you know, over there in Cleveland, You know, very quietly, but it's been a solid season. He has a 28% target share on the year. That would be a career high for Amari Cooper. He never saw that high of a target share in uh, Oakland. I was about to say Vegas, but he was in Oakland. Um, And he never had that high of a target share in Dallas, even when he was the number one guy. So I like the target share numbers. And also I think that Baltimore's pass defense, they've been kind of hit or miss. You know, they gave up a lot of big plays to Miami. They didn't look bad against Buffalo. They didn't give up much against the Giants, but that's also the Giants. So you don't really know what you're going to get out of this Baltimore defense. But here's what we do know. Baltimore is favored to win this game. So the game game script should have Cleveland throwing the football. And if they're throwing, they're throwing it to Amari Cooper 28% of the time. So I really think that this is a good spot to play Amari Cooper in. And I think this is a great spot to go back to him. Because last week's stat line was just kind of okay. But he caught only four of his 12 targets. 12 targets for Amari Cooper. He's also seen 11 or more targets three times this season. I I really like the volume here. I like the matchup. Like I said, it can be hit or miss, but we know they're going to be throwing. And, you know, Amari Cooper, I just think he's a very solid option this week. He's on the buy list. Next guy on the buy list is going to be Brandon Cooks. So here is a stat for you. In all five games that they have played, the Las Vegas Raiders have given up a top 10 performance to a quarterback every time. Now, obviously, Davis Mills was not on my buy list. I don't think Davis Mills keeps that stat alive, you know, because he's Davis Mills. But the pass defense for the Raiders is bad. It's very bad. So if they're going to give up a top 10 week to a quarterback or get it close to a top 10 week for a quarterback, uh, I think that Cooks is the guy that is going to help do that. You know, he hasn't been great for you this season so far, but he is still leading the Texans in targets or tied for the league tied for the lead for the Texans in targets every week. So I think that, you know, I like the volume play for Cooks. I like the fact that the Raiders have been really bad in daily or in deeper leagues. I think Nico Collins is also an option. He's kind of creeping up on Cooks in terms of target share. Um, but like I said, the Raiders pass defense is dreadful. So play a, play a receiver, play a quarterback against the Raiders pass defense. The first guy on the sell list is going to be Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know what you're thinking, but wait, Mike, he just had a huge week last week and it was you know, his best week of the season. Yeah, that's what Jamar Chase does. He has these breakout weeks where he catches deep passes for touchdowns and then he goes quiet for a few weeks and then he you know, catches 150 yards and two touchdowns again and then he goes quiet again. That's what Jamar Chase has been over the course of his NFL career. And looking at it, I don't like the Falcons as a matchup. Not because the Falcons are good, but they don't give up big plays defensively. They've only given up three pass plays of 40 or more yards all season, so I don't like the chances that Chase adds to that list. Like That's giving up one every two games. So I don't like the chances of Chase adding to that list. Obviously, could he? Yes. Do I think it's likely? No. So DeMar Chase is on the sell list for me this week. Second on the sell list is Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And with Evans, what we're seeing is the same concerns with Evans that I was worried about in the preseason. He is very touchdown dependent. On the season, this is through five games for him. He was suspended for that one game. He has 33 total targets and 24 receptions on the season. So that is a little over six targets a game, you know, a little under five catches a game. It's not great. Like that's not a lot of volume, period. And so you're looking at a guy that if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're screwed. You're getting an absolute dud out of Mike Evans if he does not find his way to the end zone. Now the Panthers are bad. Don't don't get me wrong on that, but I just don't like going to guys who are solely dependent on finding the end zone for their fantasy relevance. And so that is why Mike Evans finds his way onto the sell list now while we're talking about pass catchers I do have two tight ends on one buy and one sell so the buy list is going to be Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Chargers he is shown to be a steady part of this offense week in and week out and also this week he gets the Seahawks as a matchup the Seahawks are currently last in the league against tight ends and side note you know I, I've had You know, I've had my phrase, death taxes and play your tight ends against Arizona. Well, they're, you know, Arizona's 31, Seattle's 32. You know, they're actually much worse against tight ends than Arizona is. So, um, you know, play your tight ends against the Seahawks. This is a great spot for Gerald Everett. Even if Keenan Allen plays, I still like Gerald Everett. He's going to be on the field in 11 personnel. And I just think that this is a great spot for him. Playing him in daily, playing him in season long, it's a Gerald Everett week. On the sell list is Daniel Bellinger of the New York Giants. So, you know, this is kind of a, a cute little trendy pick that some people are having. You know, people are picking him up off the waiver wire. He scored touchdowns in two straight games. You know, people, you know, tight ends has been kind of bleak. So people are looking for something to get behind. And I just don't think that Daniel Bellinger is that guy to get behind. He only has one reception of 10 or more yards all season. The only way that that is a profitable venture in fantasy is if all those catches of 10 or less yards are in the end zone. And I just don't like the chances of him scoring touchdown week after week after week. And this week, it would be three in a row. So I just don't like the chances of that. He is on the sell list. Yes, I understand a lot of people picked him up on waivers. But this week is not the week I'm inserting him into my lineup. So Daniel Bellinger is on the sell list. All right, so that does it for the buy and sell episode for week seven of the NFL season. Hopefully gave you guys some good advice on who to start and who to sit who to play and who to not play in daily fantasy, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings. But those are my guys heading into week seven. Now, if you are interested in my full DFS lineups, FanDuel or DraftKings, NFL, college football, PGA, we've been running really good in college football and PGA so far this season. If you would like to take a look at those lineups, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Please help me get the word out on the podcast. Rate and subscribe. Let your friends know. Recommend it to people. You know, get it out there. And also follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. We're going to be giving some good stat nuggets um, all season long, all throughout the week for NFL, college, golf, and now basketball as well because NBA is back. All right. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope this helps you out. Uh, You guys are great. I'm very much thankful for my loyal listener base, but thank you guys And I will see y'all next week.